Welcome to today's Cash and Treasury Management File web chat. We have three well-known consultants in Europe. David Kellen, director from his new company, Viewpoint 9 Limited, Fast Rebel, senior director of PwC, and Adrian Rogers, director of Arc Financials Limited. We're going to be discussing how to use treasury technology more effectively. And I'd like to sort of start with a question that seems to me there's a conflict now in treasury technology. The banks are developing far more and more technology like City have just released a new version of Treasury Vision Liquidity Manager. BAM will now store two to four years of data of every bank's data if you want them to. Deutsche Bank have got app models. We've got the TMSs extending their functionality, specialist providers, and all the connectivity problems. What's the best combination of bank and non-bank and internal technologies that really work? Pass, do you want to start us off? <laughs> well, I, I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all, and that's, of course, a very uh, consulting, uh, uh, that's a response that you would expect from a consultant. Um, but, uh, but in fact, it is. Um, bank technology can, can work. Um, uh, treasure management um, uh, solutions um, that is provided by different vendors uh, can work to a certain extent. And uh, what I do see is that more and more companies are looking for a combination of uh, pick and cherry, uh, pick and choose which. Uh, which part of the TMS, which part of the bank uh, provided data, uh, they will combine into a uh, IT uh, treasury uh, solution landscape. Adrian, where are you, where are you coming from on this? Because this is a real problem. I've taken the view for a long time that the uh, traditional TMS, treasury management system vendors, have developed um, both individually and when you look at them collectively, a huge amount of expertise in how treasury processes work. So for anything that um, involves managing the, the workflow and recording the data and getting it back when you need it, those people have a tremendous amount to, to offer. They've also done, in my opinion, very good work in uh, the bank connectivity space and, and continue to, to do that. But equally well, when I want an opinion on uh, what data should be available for banks, from banks, how to get it, particularly if I'm working with a client that's running a, a, a medium to large multi-bank network, then a huge amount of that expertise is in the bank. I'm not saying the TMS providers don't understand the banking side. I'm not saying the banks don't understand treasury process. Look at where the expertise is. It does fall into those camps. Then you add on to that the, the sort of markets expertise, which the bank possess, but so do the portal providers. Coming back to Bass's point, which I absolutely agree, one size doesn't fit all it's a question of what's the optimum for that individual client. Building on this, David, what's the particular solution that works for, say, medium-sized corporates? 
because they're very different from the global corporate. What I see a lot of is that corporates really want to um, be bank independent when it comes to technology. And I, I kind of push, uh, when I talk to corporates, you know, why is that? They really don't want to be tied up to a bank with technology. And I think that's just becoming more and more prevalent. So I think I heard some of Adrian's point about, um, you know, treasury management systems and treasury independent treasury management system providers. They really know what they're doing. I mean, they, they understand treasury very well. And I think that's uh, crucial where, I think corporates really want that connection. They don't want the bank necessarily providing the technology. But what they do want, I think, is the banks understanding what they're doing with regards to technology and getting involved in more of the integration. So, you know, the, the downloading of bank statements, the integration to payment systems, etc. So I think that's kind of where, where I see corporates um, moving towards. Ash, you're building um, or working with banks building the electronic banking services for corporates. Are they worried about corporates using them and losing their independence? I think uh, there is indeed in the transaction um, banking uh, space uh, uh, a discussion about uh, uh, the ownership of the client and uh, the, uh, the dawn of the PSPs, um, and especially with the uh, the, the new PSD2, uh, the successor of the uh, payment service director, um, uh, that is becoming a more uh, more worried. But if I go back to um, to David's point, I totally agree with him that um, uh, that at the corporate side, we do see uh, an uh, emergency and also a uh, awareness that uh, you don't want to be uh, uh, dependent on one bank. So the collection bank model that we have seen 10, 15 years ago, it is uh, fading out. I'm not saying it's going to, to be uh, abolished completely, but the idea that you, have, that you put all your, your, your eggs in one basket, basket uh, that is fading out. I believe that the banks do understand uh, this game very well, that they can't uh, dominate the transaction banking relationship with their corporate clients anymore. And if I see uh, the number of cash management banks uh, uh, that are uh, integrated within the treasury uh, environment of corporates, uh, it, since, the, since the crisis, that's on the rise again. Adrian, is this dependence on banks a concern? I think it has been for a long time. I think in this context, which is um, the technology uh, context, I think corporates are torn because area which uh, the, certainly the larger, more competent banks have, have, have come to um, uh, produce really impressive systems with really impressive capabilities. Um, but corporates, for all sorts of reasons, external to technology, are already very dependent on many of the banks that they use, so I don't think they want any more. So they want the benefit of the bank's knowledge, and, and we'll, we'll seek to access that. But uh, I agree with the, the, the analysis that they don't want to embed it at a level which means that they can't change banks. But also, the other thing that we've seen over the last few years, which didn't used to be a feature of the landscape, it's banks initiating the rupture with the corporate. So it's not just the corporate who wishes to exit the relationship, 
it happens even to some very large corporates that, that some of their banks may turn around and say, I'm not making enough from you and um, I, I, I want to sever the relationship. In that situation, you really, really wouldn't want to be technology dependent on your, on your, on your bank. Yeah, some of the um, technology that banks are coming up with is quite stunningly effective and useful. How do, you do, how do you manage this? David? Just make one point on the, on the, on the banks um, uh, with regard to techn technology and what they're doing. I think one of the things I hear customers, are, clients of mine saying are corporates talking about um, the link to banks and the way that they, that they want to have, be quite bank independent when it comes to treasury is they want to be able to move banks more easily. And I think being tied into the bank's technology makes that move more difficult. So um, again, bank independence in terms of technology um, is is positive in that direction, I think. I, I, I guess one of the things that I don't know if you've, you've mentioned, anybody's mentioned on the call is, you know, mobile payments and, and uh, in terms of where banks are going with regards to that, that is something that's that's quite exciting. And I think, you know, banks making quite a lot of inroads into mobile payments and mobile technology with regards to it. But mainly from an app point of view, rather than really getting embedded technology, I think it's the embedded technology that's uh, worries a lot of corporates as to, uh, when it comes to bank providing Bas, do you want to come in again? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that uh, David makes some, some good remarks here. Um, I think it's even, uh, so, so from a technical, technology perspective, uh, corporates are looking for becoming independent, uh, partly because of the switching cost, but I guess it's also um, uh, part of this, uh, it should also be part of the strategy uh, of getting access to liquidity. Uh, uh, banks do realize that uh, they can't dominate the the funding relationship with uh, with the corporates and that reciprocity uh, in fee earning business uh, is the flip side of that same coin and uh, corporates on uh, are building on this and they understand and they uh, and if they don't understand they should should understand that very clearly is that if you want to have new entrants to your uh, uh, syndicates or uh, to your, uh, you want to have set up a new uh, bank loans uh, with, with new, new banks, uh, then uh, the reciprocity in the fee earning business um, uh, is partly, of course, FX and, and, and other uh, nice uh, uh, pro banking products, but cash management is a uh, uh, low capital intensive. Um, uh, business to distribute uh, fee-earning business uh, to the banks. And if you have an open uh, platform that can connect to multiple banks uh, in an easy way, uh, it helps you to uh, attract more um, more banks uh, to your, uh, your funding structure. Okay, if we move on and look at, Treasury is seeming to move towards trying to focus on enterprise treasury, enterprise-wide treasury rather than just within the department and all the processes and systems that contribute to the overall corporate treasury efficiency are now being viewed by the corporate treasury they may not be responsible completely but they try and influence um, the problem is that as you said adrian too often they're still relying on spreadsheets to do a lot of the work if we take two particular examples, cash flow forecasting, how can you break out of the Excel dependence? What 
new combinations do you see working? The Although I hate Excel in Treasury, personally and professionally, I'm prepared to make an exception in the case of uh, cash flow forecasting. It, 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 there are aspects of cash flow forecasting for which Excel is ideal, not least because um, Excel is fundamentally uh, a two-dimensional columns and rows, and strangely enough, so is the average cash flow forecast. However, um, you remain uh, with the uh, problem of error, potential error, um, and also the problem of communications. And if you rely for your communications between business units and treasury, which is obviously, uh, I think we'd all agree, the potentially volatile um, but also most rewarding area of cash flow forecasting, if you rely on sending um, uh, Excel spreadsheets as attachments to emails, which then have to be, worst case, cut, cut and pasted into the uh, aggregate forecast, mistakes are going to be made. Um, and sometimes they won't be um, easy to spot. So in my view, uh, any solution that gives you a columns and rows format, but also embeds some degree of security and some degree of communications to get the data from where it's prepared into the, the, the summary forecast in tre Treasury, that is going to, however unsophisticated, a solution like that is going to have a value. And therefore, anybody with a distributed cash flow forecasting problem should be looking at potentially one of the TMS packages that, that supports those things or one of the, um, the, 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 the standalone um, vendors. There are standalone sort of spreadsheet type packages available now. That, that, that's that, that's right, but but the trouble is we tend to focus on the mechanics of the the forecasting um, rather than the how do we collect the data from where it is aspect. And I actually think that's 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 one of the more dangerous aspects. Now I'm aware yeah, of that because, the conventional view. I'd like to hear the other guys' input on that. Bass, where are you coming from on forecasting? I know you spend a lot of time doing it. Well, you're, you're setting up uh, this discussion, of course, and uh, setting us up uh, to uh, some, some endocrinism. I think, um, uh, and this is my, my biggest issue uh, for, for many years now, um, I think that corporates um, uh, are not very creative in, um, in producing better solutions for cash flow forecasting. And the traditional way is indeed uh, going out to the financial uh, controllers of the, uh, across the enterprise uh, have them uh, collect something in Excel and then uh, aggregate that information, whereas I believe um, uh, treasurer should, uh, should go uh, into the source systems directly, uh, collect the, uh, the data uh, from the systems, uh, the, the source systems, and do the uh, statistical analysis themselves. That is an entirely different uh, approach than, uh, than I would say 95%, if not 99% of all, uh, all corporates are taking when it comes to, uh, to cash flow forecasting. So my, uh, I would advocate that, uh, that corporates would need to, to take a, a fresher look at the, uh, uh, the way they are um, approaching cash flow forecasting. Uh, not take it incremental uh, improvement on, uh, on on how to collect these spreadsheets, but really uh, take a different approach to um, 
how to collect and, and number crunch the, uh, the source. David, can you hear enough of that to comment? Talk to corporates. They're really, forecasting is for them is really an issue of getting their entities to, first of all, submit the forecasts and then getting them to be accurate, getting them to do it on time, and then looking at the way they analyze the forecast. And I think it's kind of as simple as that. And you either forecast well or you don't forecast at all because getting it wrong is too dangerous. And I think this is this is the problem. So um, I mean, traditionally, when you've got you know, you've got netting products that you know allow entities to send information from the entity to the to the treasury center, that's ideal. That sort of product is ideal for forecasting because that's exactly what they they want to do. They want to be able to send a forecast to um, and to the treasury center, collect the forecast, and then analyze them. And I. I think it's quite exciting that there are new products coming on. Um, there's a couple of just forecasting, cash forecast systems that are now available, independent to even treasury management systems. I think a lot of the problems around forecasting really relates to the company itself in terms of how they can really structure the forecasts to be um, to be available and to be available where they want them to be and to be and to be adequate in terms of just the, the efficiency of the forecast and the accuracy of the forecast and I think that's really the problem and the tools really are just the how the how it's done um, and that's okay if you heard that. to another area which is clearly linked to cash flow forecasting it's cash visibility are there any things that are coming out that are essential to do. Adrian, do you want to start us off? Well, this is, again, this is an area that continually surprises me because uh, I, I thought the visibility issues were, um, were, were, were taken, care of, uh, taken care of years ago by the uh, by uh, bank technology, MT940s, etc. Et um, it, it seems to me, though, um, over all these years working with, with clients on, on, on this topic, that some clients have been quick and focused and uh, in taking advantage of what's available in terms of what their banks can report. Um, and others, I have to be honest, have, have been slow and not very focused and seem to accept a very low benchmark for success. I mean, my when I'm working with clients on, on, on this topic, um, my view is that the target for cash visibility should be 100% on the treasurer's or CFO's desk by he or she starts work the following morning. Absolutely. Uh, whereas wow. How are we going to achieve that? I have clients who tolerate 60 or 70 percent of all balances reported up to several weeks later. Ah. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, with Adrian uh, that 100 percent should be the benchmark, uh, and it's not so difficult to to reach that um, uh, because banks are uh, indeed very capable of sending uh, the. Uh, the bank statements overnight uh, to wherever you want to have them, whether it's SWIFT or uh, or to a collection bank. Um, I think uh, what a lot of companies are struggling with is uh, is basically two things. First of all, it's the um, uh, if you present it just as uh, cash visibility and uh, and collecting bank statements of hundreds of bank accounts, uh, there's a cost aspect to it. And secondly. Um, um, it is about um, 
and you can you can basically say, look, why would you uh, collect something de uh, uh, decentralized if you can also do it uh, centrally and then uh, uh, use it for for both uh, local and treasury uh, services? And that's the uh, the approach that I would uh, uh, typically advocate to my to my clients, saying, look. Um, Build yourself the case for a uh, bank connectivity hub uh, on top of uh, the payment factory and house banking solution. Uh, collect everything centrally, and then uh, copy the information that's necessary to the local um, uh, source system. So then, connectivity is this kind of bank uh, statement collections is part of the uh, the treasury IT infrastructure. And um, and you can have central IT also manage uh, the distribution and the upload of the bank statements in the local ERP systems. And here you see that um, technology is not just uh, an atomic uh, view on uh, a treasury management solution uh, of one of the, uh, the, the well-known uh, TMS vendors. No, it is about a, a integrated IT landscape. Uh, uh, covering uh, ERP, TMS, uh, bank connectivity, uh, connective integration to a uh, ethics uh, portal, etc., etc. So that best of breed, um, it is more like it's more about integration than uh, functionality within one system. Okay, David. I just to comment on cash visibility. I think the I think since the uh, liquidity crisis, this has just become even more important. It always has been important, but it's become even more important. And I heard Adrian talking about getting 100% visibility. I mean, to be honest, that's exactly what everybody should have. You know, with the technologies that do it, banks should be able to produce and be able to send files, whatever they are, balance statements to corporates as and when they want them. And I think that to getting visibility to be able to put a treasure in it. it to give them their, their, their total the cash position is, is really the first step to, to really to, uh, to really give anything that, that treasurer wants to do. And I think, uh, you know, the fact that some banks can't do it or some that's just not being done is just, is really, is, it's not good anymore because it's, technology is there to be able to do that and it is really, really, really important. Um, I think that again it goes back to the interconnection and the bringing banks and bringing technology together um, is is just really is really key. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to all three of you. But before we finish, can you very briefly give me a idea or a insight that you've come across in the last recently that you went ah oh, that's interesting. Adrian, do you want to start us off on this? In the technology area um, uh, specifically, I think it was uh, it was actually related to uh, one of your uh, CTM file um, entries recently that you drew my my attention to, which was the uh, which was the evolution, the further evolution of the uh, single bank um, FX platform. I think a lot of us had been assuming that the single bank model was um, uh, dying, particularly at the high end under the onslaught of the multi-bank portals. The fact that there's life and there's value in the single bank portal, I think was, um, uh, and we can see that by some of the investment that's going in. Uh, I think certainly in the last two weeks, that's that's been the biggest surprise to me. Bas, how about you? Yeah, well, we talked about uh, cash flow forecasting. That's my uh, my biggest theme uh, uh, when it comes to technology and the use of basically the lack of use 
of computing power uh, to get it right. Um, but uh, just to mention one other topic, um, because it has relationship to, uh, uh, to bank technology and uh, cash management products, uh, I think uh, Treasury should really keep an eye on, uh, on the developments around DAPS, that is uh, the new OECD um, uh, guidelines on uh, fiscal treatment uh, and transfer pricing. Um, that is a, um, a dossier uh, that will have a big impact on, uh, on, on Treasury in the future uh, from the point of view from um, transfer pricing and, uh, and uh, location for Treasury operations. Okay, and finally, David. On the technology front, I think what's quite interesting, and I think we're going to see more and more of our applications um, that allow treasuries to provide the information that they produce. So, for example, perhaps cash forecasting, perhaps um, cash positions um, to other people outside treasury. So, I think we're going to see a, a, a growth of, I guess, dashboards so that the treasury management system, rather than having keeping the, the users of the treasury management system within treasury, but allowing access to that information via an application or a dashboard within the organization. I think there's a, there's, that's beginning to happen. So through the through um, graphical representation, graphs, etc., and, and diagrams, um, through perhaps iPhones, through apps, and, and all of that. I think that's there's a real growth area there. So spreading new information from Treasury outwards to other parts of the organisation where it's of, of interest to them. Okay. Well, thank you very much to all three of you, and we're all going to be in Eurofinance next week in Budapest. Hope we hopefully we can pick up on some of these topics then.